This episode was brought to you by the Social Fishing Membership, Australia's fastest growing freshwater platform, giving you the resources to catch more fish. Welcome to the Social Fishing Podcast. My name is Reese Creed. I'm a passionate angler and I want to share as much as I can about the sport we all love. On this podcast, we speak to incredible anglers, sharing a wealth of priceless knowledge, all to help you reach your fishing dreams. Thanks for joining us today. Now let's begin. Welcome to episode 84 of the Social Fishing Podcast. I'm very excited because we now have a change of season. If you're listening to this in order, you'll know that it's now starting to warm up. We've had a couple of weeks of warm weather and cod season is now closed. Our focus is on our other amazing freshwater species, both golden perch and trout. But in this episode, we will be talking with Matt Martin all about yellows and, more importantly, Burrandong Dam. We actually haven't done a podcast episode on Burrandong Dam before, so I'm super excited for this one and to share it with you. I've been there. I've mapped the lake. We have SF maps for Burrandong. I've created a couple of videos there and done some trip reports. It's a very special lake. It's very unique, as you will hear Matt talk about, and it can be a bit overwhelming when you first go. So, if you're looking to fish it or you've tried to fish it before, this is a really good starting point to give you some intel on Burrandong. Matt, Loves the place, fishes it all the time. And obviously, if you want more information, we have the maps available inside the Social Fishing membership. Matt is a cracker of a bloke, super chilled, and I really appreciate him jumping on. He grew out, grew up out there in the region, uh, out west, moved to the coast for a little bit, as you'll hear in the story, and then is now back in Burrandong. Fishes places like the Macquarie River, the Bogan River, and also Burrandong Dam. Matt is also a contributor inside the Social Fishing membership and writes the Burrandong and Central Central West Region Report, helping out all of our members and also helps with posts and answering questions that members have. So, this is a really good introduction to Burrandong, but like I said, if you do want more, check out socialfishing.com.au and jump on the membership platform for more information on not only Burrandong, but a stack of different waterways. Now, like I said, it's an awesome chat. It's awesome to have spring here I'm really pumped for the season ahead and I really do hope you enjoy the next hour or so uh, chatting with Matt. Uh, It's a really good casual chat and I'm sure you will enjoy. Anyway, that's enough from me. Let's jump in and chat with the one, the only Matt Martin. Welcome back to the podcast, Matt. Uh, mate, it's been way too long teeing, not this up, but a chat up uh, between us. I've talked to you over Messenger. you were, you were part of our, our team and unfortunately you weren't able to make our team trip for us to all catch up, but uh, thanks for joining me. This should be a good chat. Yeah, ah, thanks for having me. I uh, look forward to it. Uh, work got in the way Very of good. joining our Angler team trip. Yeah, just that last minute thing with weather playing up and then there was a bit of a flu going around Dubbo and different people caught at different times and just had to keep the machines running that weekend. So yeah. Usually, I get a chance to get away. I can juggle a few things around, but when you got wet weather and sick people, it, yeah, it gets hard. What's, uh, if you don't mind me asking, what's work before we get into the story of you and fishing? What do you do? Cause... Yeah, so we've got, I've got a construction business, just a, a little family run thing. And um, yeah, we're helping out with the Newell Highway infrastructure. There's a new big bridge going on here in Dubbo and another bridge over in Manildra. And we do a few railway bridges and uh, a few different little earthworks packages that we can handle. So, yeah, right. Yeah, so, does, do they contract you to do the job, like Transport New South Wales or whoever's got the the, the gig? Yeah. So we do like we offer wet and dry high service, mainly wet high, 
So we've got uh, six operators yep. on different machines and then they sort of hire us in to fill in gaps in their workforce or we do little our own little packages here and there and, uh, yeah, keep a few dollars. Sure, how long have you been digging for? Uh, for my own business, uh, but I think it's just, yeah. So I've, I've managed numerous other businesses at the same level and, and they're in the same same industry. And, uh, yeah, just thought, bugger it, I'll have a crack at it myself and went from there. Bought a water cart and yeah, nice. and then, uh, yeah, slowly build up our machinery. How long you been doing been it? Good. How long you been digging for? Just in, like, all, like, when did you first start? When did you first get on a machine? I left the, f- oh, shit. I left the farm back in the drought of 2003 and went to Queensland and, uh, yeah, went, lived on Hamilton Island for three years, operating diggers and, and loaders there, and then went to Mackay to work in the coal expansions at the High Point Coal Terminal and stuff for another seven years. So, and then been home for 10 or 11. Yeah, cool. So, what's that? 2000, yeah. <laughs> from about 2007, I suppose. I, been playing. The question's yeah. too technical. But at the, farm, we, at the farm, we always had tractors and dozers. Yeah. And, yeah, been playing around machinery all the time. Yeah, so. cool. It's, it was there. Uh, it's funny we're having this chat now. It's so random things in life. I drove a digger for the first time last week. <laughs> so weird. It's a, it's an experience when you first get in. Oh, right so Dan, I'm Dan's a- got two, and he lent me one because I was I'm he's he's good enough bloke to lend me one because you know it's not a cheap bit of machinery. It's only like a one point two ton, like a little little one. But still, like they're yeah. worth a bit. So he's just like, and they're as rough as guts to learn on too. So what are yeah, diggers or well. a little one? They're the little one. The littler you go, the more they pig root. They just yeah, right. Yes, I, the, has... the bigger you get, the smoother they are, <laughs> and the easier they are to learn. Oh, that's I funny. So yeah, I literally <laughs> it's so funny because I yeah last week because I've I've got a bunch of work I wanted to do here and it was just, well I wasn't too expensive. We just couldn't get a digger to come and do it. And Dan, I was like, can I borrow it? He's like, yeah, no worries. So he brought it over and he goes go i'm like no i was like show me what to do he's like mate i don't even know i said he's like i get in it and i just do it and i'm like well what does it do he's like unless you're gonna have to sit there and do it to then remember what is what he said the sticks in front of you is to the tracks and then the others you just i'm like get out so i sat in it for a bit and dill was laughing at me i'm like this is not funny (laughs) it is it takes a bit to get yeah but then after a while it just becomes second nature and you're not even thinking anymore it's just your hands are twisting and turning and everything's just happening yeah. with a flow. But when you first get in them, you tie yourself in a knot. Yeah. You want it to. Yeah. So anyway, it was an experience. I, like, it probably cost me a lot more time than it would have cost. Like, the amount of time I've not been doing what I'm meant to be doing is probably would have been cheaper just to buy something, like hire someone to do it. But it was an experience. I'm really yeah. glad I did it. Like, I've, I'm up to it 30 is. hours, I think, in the week on it. So I got the hang of it, I reckon. That's right. You'll be a natural. A little bit. Yeah. Soon. Yeah. So if social fishing goes bust, I might move up your way and I can be your seventh digger. That's right. You come in and cut a flat floor and excavate and you'll be right. <laughs> um, so tell us the uh, story, the Matt Martin story. Where did uh, fishing begin? Where are you born? Are you from Dubbo originally? And then how did you fall into fishing and why do you enjoy it so much now? Nah, Dubbo come about because I suppose all my f- mates from out bush moved here. Like Dubbo's the central hub of everywhere. So... I was originally grew up out in Ningen, out mm-hmm. on the Bogan, mm-hmm. born in Tottenham, even a smaller place again, but uh, grew up on the Bogan out in Ningen, and we always just 
had a passion for camping and fishing and chasing yabbies and and the grandparents owned farms further out west towards Hermitale and uh, yeah so we're always involved in the bush and chasing things around the scrub and fishing and and then me when I was very young I had an older uh, great auntie and uncle that used to like going to Kennebar, uh, Gunning Bar Creeks and Duck Creeks over the weekend just to sit underneath the tree and go fishing. And that, I was their first phone call. They used to ring yeah. me up and I used to go out there and sit with them. Yeah, our old great uncle used to always fish with a float. No matter what was happening, he just fished with his little float. Yeah. yeah, He was always catching yellow belly. And then we lived on the Bogan. Probably later on, when we just when I moved in high school, we uh, dad bought a house just on the outskirts of Ningen. So we then we... Well, right on the river. Like my bedroom window was only twelve meters off the water's edge. Right. So, yeah, we used to fish before school, after school, chasing shrimps and yabbies and catfish and and yellowbelly was always the pinnacle in the bog, and that's what you that's what you aim for. And then, yeah, I just fell in love with that, yeah, I suppose. Cool. And then moved moved out to the farms uh, in my older years after going to Longreach and. Um, yeah, and then lived through a couple of pretty bad droughts and yeah. wanted to get a chance to get away. So went up to Queensland to go mud crabbing with my brother who lives up at Bowen, up in Queensland, and come home 10 years later with three kids. <laughs> fished, lived on <laughs> lived on Hamilton Island and fished the ABT Barrow Tours. Really? Went out to the reef and, yeah, we'd done – yeah, I used to fish up when I was up there probably four nights a week, four afternoons Four a week. kids. Yeah. Uh, during huh? yeah, kids, nice. yeah. No, well, yeah. So, uh, no, it was, yeah, well, I've had, I've got a pretty good relationship with mum, so, yeah, she can't wait to kick me out of the house to go fish. <laughs> nice. She stays home, so it's it's worked well. But, yeah, when I was in Queensland, we got involved in, I got involved in everything I could, from mud crabbing to prawns to chasing mackerel out at a place they call the Oval, out past the Whitsunday Islands and Edward Island. I think Jimmy was talking about Early Beach the other day and going out chasing yep. Mackerel, yeah, that brought back memories from right because that's when you're on the island, that's your number one fish. That's everyone when we go and have beers up at the staff bar, everyone's talking about where the Spanish mackerel are. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I used to love going out chasing Spanish mackerel. Uh, yeah, and then I went to Mackay for seven years working on coal expansions, and we fished all the freshwater dams for Sooty Grunner and Barra and Proserpine River was our favorite hangout. We'd stay at Conway Beach Caravan Park. Um, and just crab and fish all the time. The kids all learnt to swim at Conway Beach Caravan Park, the pool there. Yeah. I used to just pull up and they'd get out and enjoy the caravan park and I'd go fishing in the river all, <laughs> nice. all day when they were babies. And um, yeah. And then finally con mum into leaving the coast and Dubbo was as far west as I could get her. This was, she reckoned Dubbo was the last of the civilization. So <laughs> we uh, we pulled up stumps here and, and, and all my mates had kids the same age. So this has been it for the last, I don't know, 11 so why do you want to come? Why do you want to go back so then, home? What? Why? Why? Why the coast? You had enough? Oh, just the farms, and and I had three boys, and just wanted to let want them to see what I used to yeah, do, I suppose, cool. out in the bush and the adventure and the camping and the farming and the horses and motorbikes and the all that sort of stuff. And yeah, it was working in the contract game um, over around Mackay in the coal. It, it's yeah, once you you meet people for six months and then they're gone to another contract. It's There's a turnover of people and I suppose he's just home. I know everyone yep. sort of thing. So, And all our kids were the same age. So, we, yeah, we come back and we settled into Dubbo and 
and now my wife reckons she wouldn't ever leave the place. So cool. It's been good. How far is where you were born? How far is um, Ningen or, or Tottenham? Ningen's about uh, Ningen's 160 k's west of here. Right, so it's a little bit hour and a half. Not, right. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's home area. So you're you're an hour and a bit from home. Where, well, sort of. Yeah, where I grew up. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it feels Dubbo, like the same yeah. area. I, once, we, yeah, yeah, and, and and everyone that really retires from out in the farms or out west or or wants to go and get a better job, that you just end up in Dublin. Mm. That's, I think. Three quarters of the people in Dubbo are from Cobar, Burke, and all, every western town in here. Yeah. <laughs> this is just where you end up. Yeah. If you when you want to move up in the world. Yeah, nice. And I just happen to be coming. I just happen to be coming back down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. And um, <laughs> Dubbo's good. Like it's a pretty big. It's a pretty big town, the city. Oh yes, it's it's huge and it's growing phenomenally. Like yeah, if you blink your eyes here, there's another row of houses going up that weren't there the week before. It's and I don't know where the people are coming from, but they, yeah, there's you, you're lucky to rent a house in Dubbo, and they're building them yeah. as quick as they can put them up. So what's the just what draws people there? People. What's the what's the thing for Dubbo? Like um, Wagga's got the army bases, and uh, what's Dubbo's? Why was Dubbo started? It's just oh, it's always been farms. like the hub of rural New South right. Wales. It's where all major highways cross over. Yes, the railway, the river. Yep. It's you can go. It's halfway between uh, Melbourne and Brisbane. Mm-hmm. It's not far out of Sydney, and everything links up here. The Newell Highway, the Mitchell Highway, the railway lines, the and you name it. So, and then all the farms around support it. Like if the if the farms have a good year, Dubbo goes off its head. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, there's more money, more more infrastructure gets built, and then and then all business for the mines. Mines in Cobar, mines at Hermadale, mines at Tom Ingley, mines at Parks. Right. It's it all everything comes through Dubbo. Yeah, yeah, that makes it's sense. It's just a very strong business hub. Yeah, cool. Sounds That's like you're great. happy and you not say. going too far too quick. Nah, nah. I think I think we're settled in. Nice. I think we're settled in. It's it's good fishing and we know everyone and it's a yeah, very friendly place. So you have fished as a kid and you just kept doing it. Tell us about the the ABT stuff you did. What, did you just do that for a bit of fun? I uh, started off. We we uh, went to our very first ABT tour at Teambra Dam, mm-hmm. which is it's that if I was to mention dam in anywhere in Australia to go and see, it'd be Teambra. Really, it's just it's just a be- beautiful place. Uh, we fished an ABT tournament there, and I had the opportunity to meet Jason Wheeler, um, and we're at Pinnacle. We used to go back to the Pinnacle Pub where everyone and Simon Goldsmith used to run the events then and everyone was friendly and had an opportunity to meet Jason and he told us about barrow fishing, what to look for and tournament fishing and then and that just stuck with me. I I thought that but that's it. We'll we'll fish every tournament we can. So we fished the the, the local pro shop uh, fishing comps, the World Sooty Championships up at Youngler Dam. Um, that's a great a great weekend away, and then we'd wait through October or November when the when the Barra Tour would start again, mm-hmm. the ABT Barra Tour. Yep. So we started the next year. We fished, I think, three events, and then the years after that, we fished the whole two week tour where you go. Uh, we used to go Teambra, Peter Faust, 
back to Wonga and then down to Mondrian. Yeah. And cool. during that, there'd be probably seven different events. You'd have an afternoon, a night, a full nighter, a day event. And yeah, they used to just two yeah, weeks change it up. Fishing. So we'd go up to Proserpine over two weeks of touring with a gang of, of blokes that all love barra fishing. And you, you go in a convoy virtually That's and meet cool. up at the, the next place. And yeah, it's called the ABT Barra Tour. It's cool experience. It's, yeah. Very, very cool experience. Yeah, no. I got mates here in Dubbo that you come up and fist it with me there asking when we're going back yeah. just to go on the ABT Barra Tour because it's two weeks of yeah, fun and everyone everyone carries on and has a good time. Yeah, nice. Awesome. And then and, and you get to, and you get to chase Barra for two weeks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What did you what did you like about Barra? Like um if you were to pick Barra Cod Yellows a barra there or the what what's what's your pick? Could you pick between them or no? Oh, you get shot for anyone. Anyway, you answer this I know, question, sorry. but I, I'm, <laughs> I, I love me, I love me yellow belly because that's where I grew up. Just bushfish and the yellow belly. But, but, Barra, oh, I love any river fish better than what I love dam mm-hmm. fish. Like, so if we went up the Proserpine River, I'd love to go up there chasing uh, big thready salmon off the mud flats, mm-hmm. and and you get your barra, and they and they go mad. In the big damn donkeys, we used to call them up there. It's yeah, they're an experience. Like when they tell you, if you hear uh, feel timber on your lure, yep. or on, when he's chasing you through the timber, you hit free spool, and then just drive after him. And then once you get around the timber, you lock your gear back in and hook into him, and he and he pulls up. So if he swims through the timber and you hit free spool, and he's got the pressure off his mouth, you sit there like a horse. He j- he'll just pull up and sit there. Really? And he, you get a chance to straighten. When yeah, and when these blokes tell you to do that, you think, oh, Jesus, you wouldn't do that. Like you've got this big thrash machine on the end of your line, and then you hit free spool and let it go, and he he just sits dormant in the water, and you learn little things about fish that you'd never ever. That's cool. So you free spool. I I've heard of this, but never. No one's ever said it to me like that. So you literally. Hit freeze work out which way you went, and then sort of just go and get really close. And then... Yeah, then thread your boat in through the trees. As soon as you think you've got him lined up again, put a bit of weight on him, and then it's the game on again. It's all over again. Yeah. What? Whereas, especially if you do keep tension, it's it's game over if they're through trees. Like you're just gonna. If you keep tension on, they rub you through the trees and they just rub you off. Yeah, yeah. right. So up the way up the back of like Peter Faust Dam or in the bays at Timber. Yep. With a little rat. As soon as you feel a bit of a bit of timber on your line, you just yeah, hit your face, but, but your nerves are shattered. Like you think this is this is I got to fish on, and then all of a sudden you're trying to will yourself to hit free spool and yeah. drive after him. And it takes it takes a bit of doing. I've but, done it once yeah, on yeah, a cod. Yeah, that's the way. I've done it once on a cod because he wrapped me in the lake and it's my PB to date was a one thirty, and I knew it was one thirty. And sometimes they swim out. They'll swim out, but yeah, cod just say uh, barra just seems to sit. Cod keep going though. Mid war sits. Cod dead. don't stop. Yeah, and they can swim off the stag. Yeah. Where, and yellows too. You wouldn't you wouldn't do that to a yellow. She'll keep bolting back to a bit of structure. Well, yeah, yeah. and they just and bury fall off hooks, I guess. But that's the risk you take on Barry because you keep tension on. She's all over anyway, so you got to do something, I guess. With cod, yeah, you can turn had, a cod, and it's cool because we've had trebles torn apart like the worlds in the middle of them when they when they're coming out and they're opening up their mouth and flashing their gills, jumping. The trebles just tear apart. If you've got a, a treble in the top lip and the bottom lip, they'll just Spin yeah, jeez. Yeah, and when you get back a lure and you got tangled bits of metal and torn, you think, Jesus, how did that fish just manage to do that? Like it was in the water. Yeah. How did they get that much weight on? That's awesome. But they do. And then t- about the comp, the comp stuff you do. Like you obviously did the AYC. You fished the AYC, yeah? 
Yeah. Yep. What are you doing now that that's not around? Like, what's your comp scene this uh, next twelve we're months? We're fishing the we're fishing the teams. Yep. Native teams event. Uh, so we went we went to Windermere at the start of the year. We went to uh, Mulwalla. Yep. Uh, when was that? Um, not longer. Yep. And now we've just signed ourselves up to go chase bass. So yeah, cool. We'll see how that goes. Is that Glenbourne? Bass is something different. Yeah. Have you done much bass? Yeah, so we get to take – no, bugger all. <laughs> but it's good. Like the tournament's the best place to learn. Yeah. That's why I love tournaments. Like if someone tells you that you're going to go catch a fish on this day at this time against 50 other fellas mm-hmm. and you get there and everyone's on the same page – and then someone will go out and absolutely whip your ass and you think, I want to know what he knows. Yeah. What, what did he look at? And then and it get, plays with your head on the drive on the way home. You think, I've got to get back there and do that. Like how did – what did he see or what did he do? Or And, yeah, I, I love it. That's what Dan loves about it. As soon as you go out and you see someone. Sorry? That's what Dan loves about it, the same thing, that whole, oh. that whole learning and yeah. testing your skills and meeting people and then trying to figure out. You know, if they've done it, then there's a way, even when it's tough, like you've got to work out a way. Yeah, well, that's like people don't understand. Like I've talked to some of the best fishermen over the pub bar that'll tell you that if he picks the moon and he's right and he does this and that and he catches fish, but it's it's when a bloke tells you, oh, no, in three months' time you're going to fish this afternoon for five hours and I want you to put your best ten fish on the board or eight, and then it's a whole new completely ball game. Like that, you could get there and it's pouring down rain, strong winds and – Blowing a gale and well, tell me about doing? your last trip to Jack. That's pretty much what it was like, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. It was, it was blowing a gale, windy. The first day, it was terrible. But then the yellow belly would go. Like usually, you'd get that snap, a bit of a change. Yellow belly might shut down for a day or two, and they were going off their heads. Mm. Like on that worst Friday afternoon, yeah, we were just exploring a bit of water and making sure we had a good spot so we'd concentrate our full day Saturday on it. And well, yeah, we put one out in front of their nose and they, you could see them come out from the timber and nose dive and chase it down. And as soon as you clicked it into gear and give it a little bit of a jiggle, he was, they were on yeah. it. Yeah. So, yeah, you, you can't beat it. And usually when that cold snap or a bit of a change of weather and rain and wind comes through like that, though, they might go dormant or a bit sulky. But Normally, yeah. It's, it's the game Especially line. in August. I remember at Timber, yeah, at Timber one year during a baritone, we had 10 inches in our six-hour period. I had the bilge pump Ten going for the inches whole six while you were fishing. Uh, I couldn't see me mate in the back of the boat. He had to turn on his light and give me a little echo and whatever, a bit of a cheese every now and then, to make sure we're still in the in the boat, <laughs> in the boat. And we got locked at Pinnacle Pub because we couldn't make it back into Mackay because all the roads are flooded. And, and we caught two barrier and got, I think I got third in that competition, just because we fished right through that. The other blokes were headed in and we. And I remember Jason Wheelam used to always tell me, you fish to the last minute, no matter what. So I kept fishing and I ended up, I think it's, that was me, one of my best drink. I got third in that tournament. Ten inches. Right through the ten, inches. ten inches. And we had, we had the bilge pump going flat out. Yeah, just so. And that's a 25 Queensland mil rain. Like, that's rain rain. 25 mil is an yeah. inch. Yeah. <laughs> ten inches we got. The, be, the best, the best bit of rain anyone. I ever saw up there was at home was 18 inches in one one and one rain event. Yeah, but you didn't fish that was through 10 that. Inches. We got we started we started I think it was two o'clock in the afternoon and it started to rain then. And Simon Goldsmith was waiting at the boat ramp for us at twelve, I think, we had to come back in. Midnight. 
And he said, I was ready. He said, yeah, I said, he thought, he thought we'd drowned. He thought there's no way in the world. <laughs> it's still out there going. over said, 200 yeah, mil we in one session. Man, we had a cracker. Mm. <laughs> that was good. But you, yeah, that's part of the adventure. Was it warm? It was warm though, because it's up there. Like it's warm. Part- yeah. Yeah. No, it's it warm. It wasn't cold. Yeah. Like, geez, you wouldn't put up that freezing cold weather no. like a Barringer. Yeah. Yeah. That sort of rain. Yeah. That's so cool. I've never heard that before. So, can you tell me a little bit about uh, Burundong? Can we talk about Burundong Yellows being your local? Uh, I fished a couple of times. It's pretty, pretty cool lake. It's very unique. Uh, run us through Burundong in terms of its yellow fishing, how you go out, seasons, techniques, structure. Run us through the whole Burundong Yellow situation. I think Burundong is off-putting to a lot of people just for its sheer size. Mm. It's It's got stuff everywhere to look at. Like, And if you go there for a quick weekend thinking you're going to brain the yellow, uh, the yellow belly, well, yeah, the dam will spit you out because there's there's that many places you can go and explore and, and see. But yeah, it's a great dam. The, you can get more 60-centimetre fish there in a day than what you'll get out of Nearly any other day. Oh, besides Hume. Hume seems to be kicking everyone's ass at the moment. Yeah. But uh, Barndong, Barndong, you can go get 10 fish over 60 in a day during the spring. Not a drama at all. Out of one school. Yeah. Just, they're, they're just bigger, longer fish. They're not the fat, plumped, ugly-looking sort of things you get out of out of Windermere, mm-hmm. like the big the big beasts, the heavy fish, but they're, they're long. Yeah. Like, you know, they, they measure very well and they're strong, big, healthy fish. But... During the winter time, uh, it's probably all about the trees. Mm-hmm. Um, finding that that spot in the trees, whether you go up one of the arms, uh, out in the basin, the trees usually cop a bit of a flogging at times, uh, just because people are enjoying themselves with the new scope and the grubbing techniques and the tree bashing and stuff. So sometimes you've got to sneak up to the um, up up one of the arms to the trees. Uh, predominantly though as the water like we're getting now when we're getting like I think out there now it's about 17 degrees as soon as we get to that 18 to 22 degrees that's when the big flats and there's giant flats in Barandong Dam big open flats that are, are covered in fish like there'll be two football ovals that's full so of cool yellow belly everywhere so wait yeah, when they then, do that do they do that and they're in the main base deep do they do that deeper in the water like do they do an edge thing have they done an edge thing this year at all like we got them on the edges when we mm. mapped it and fished it we had great fun on the edges when it was low yeah that was right that was when it was low uh the last season they didn't push right up into the edge where you ca- virtually cast in a you can still get a good old tn60 bite there you can cast a tn60 up into the shallows and just wind it back to the boat and they'll smash it yep. in there in the spring bite last year they were out in about that three to four meters and deeper mm-hmm. Even the the spring fish, the schooling fish, but I've been out there, and that was only about three years ago. And we're watching them in boils, boiling up across the the glassed out water, and they're pushing the big females up out of the water. Yes. Like, and you're watching, you can watch them on the on the live scope, and they're circling like fireworks. That's and then they cool. just push them, and you look across the surface, and the the males will be pushing the female up up and she'll be just laying belly side on flapping on top of the surface until she gets back down yeah. and that's when you can yeah you, you drop a cast uh you land a net in the water and pick up three or four fish and that's in the dark without even looking at them like you can just go down and scoop up and all of a sudden you think shit and you, your landing net's falling in half and you try and grab the rim and it's got 
four or five yellow belly you didn't even really know were yeah. hanging around her at the time. But you get where you get them sort of bites. But last year it was more the sheer the area, and they were just scattered out on it everywhere. Like you could go trace out on the points. Uh, and if you started up shallow and there wasn't any there, you just sort of slowly sneak out along your point and then you just slowly see these little silver streaks and dots there covered everywhere. So they're just flats and then so we, but 18 to 22 degrees and what are they in, like five or six metres or? Yeah, around that five or six metre mark we found most of them last year, I'd say, that were willing to bite. And then when we went there for the, for the AYC grand final, we were fishing lay downs up in about three to four meters of water on the lay downs but they were a lot littler fish mm-hmm. and if you wanted to get your bigger ones you just follow your get in line with your point and just keep driving out along it and watch your side imager and you'll see them once you yeah well depends sometimes they move sometimes at five sometimes at six meters sometimes they're at seven mm-hmm. um, we haven't found them out as far as nine yeah meters last year that was during spring so they, oh, they were just chasing that but they were they were the bigger fish the bigger spawning fish and if you went up shallower you're catching all little like mid-30s type stuff and they how do you chase them which is entertaining it's really entertainment which way you do yeah how do you i vertical? like i love i love uh like the shake and bake with the soft vibes yep i love doing that with uh take the take the belly treble off all together and just put a pair of sis hooks on the back mm-hmm. Um, and blades, I yeah, I love fishing fishing blades. Just a couple of quick little ops and a and a slow rest, and you just wait for the two little t- line. And so much, I know. Hook in. So much, I know. and they there. I I just think they fight better. I don't barndong fish with spoil. I just they do put up with a good yeah a good bit of biffo. Like they let you know they're there. Yeah, the ones I've caught. Um, and good. yeah, similar. Like when we were at Windermere last year, it was up in that dead grass, and. You know, all that grass was starting to rot along the edges and we took the the belly treble off and just had a pair of cyst hooks and, and was shaking them up there. And that's more more now. I usually go there just for the um, jerkbait bite. But to Windermere? It's, yeah, fish just seem to turn Yeah, fish just seem to turn on a bit better, I think, in, in Barrandong. Yeah. When you do hook them, they let you know that they're about. Yeah, nice. And then and predominantly it's a tree dam though. Yeah, year round. It's it's that they, like even in spring... Uh, you'll still find them out in the trees, yeah, and on the rock walls. I like one of my favourite places to fish is probably a big lay down log on a rock wall, laying down a rock wall, mm-hmm. and then just bounce your little blades down along the timber. Um, start at the root ball at the top, and then slowly bounce it out through the branches. And yeah, you can get countless amounts of fish off the one spot. You don't even you haven't got to move yeah. on them. Sometimes on them big lay downs. That's that's probably my preferred preferred fish is to find just a good big lay down on the side of a bit of a rocky bank and then just bounce all over yeah nice and then so spring you won't fish the trees much it's more of a summer summer through to winter thing when they group up on the trees or they yeah i'll avoid the trees as much as i can right, okay yep because they get because it's i it it's and they get they get a bit of a flog in the trees and it's and it, like a lot of the tournaments we go to now it's it's during that time where you you got to fish trees because mm-hmm. there's not a lot that are run in the springtime. I mean, the Golden Classic just got called off again this year, but last year it's an October event and it's a, it's a great event where you can fish the edge. But yep. you just sort of get over dropping grubs down trees, yep. even though it's fun. You just it's yeah, it, you do when you when I go out there by myself, I I avoid it. Yeah, unless I'm fi- 
trying to find something to show some people or, or you know to write our report i'll i'll fish the edges i'll fish rock walls i'll fish lay downs i'll do anything to avoid a grub but then then yeah then you take people out and you want to show them what grub fishing is all about and they want to learn so yeah you're back you find yourself back on a but tree. there's plenty like you can do it in the barrandong there's plenty of trees that have fish on it in the system but it sounds like there's a good oh, there's a good mix between the bank and the and the trees yeah and that's you've just got to make up your mind of what time what how you're going to do it because it is such a big place you can get lost and overthink yourself mm-hmm. and then you start bouncing around and you're missing you're missing your best opportunities it's uh it yeah it can be overwhelming to someone that first comes and sees barndong and think i'll just go for a quick lap and fish some trees and they find the first few trees haven't got any and then they don't know what to do themselves but yeah yeah it's it's, it's, a, it's big a monster lake. it is a very big dam. and what's she yeah. sitting at percentage wise now we're at about 95 percent. Yeah, that's a monster with a little bit of a drop we've had a few and yeah you can yeah you can burn a tank of fuel going up one of the arms not a drama at all like without i come and mapped around. it at about 50 or 40 something and it was big at that like it was still and you could see where its shape was but at that height there was some really good flats on the on the eastern side in the basin a couple of good clay points that were exposed mm. and there was a lot of the rock walls were fishing really well during that when it was yep. down like i remember fishing it was at one and a half percent and even then it's it's still a big it's still a surprisingly very big dam at even one and a half percent that's mad compared to a lot of the dams like you you can still go up around lion island and up the kajigong to where that old village is exposed and it turns into a river and yeah uh, you can go up to, up to Makawar and it's like a, it's a river, but it's yeah. But you still got a but you can still see a, a big basin and yeah. Wow, yeah, she's uh, that's a lot of water. That was at one and a half percent. So where do the um? But then yeah, when it gets when it gets up to one hundred and forty, you you don't know what to do with yourself. Yeah, that's mad. So how it's, does it sit at one hundred and forty? It actually can hold one hundred and forty, or what's the go there with both? The, yeah, the, I think I think the story is it was recorded at one hundred percent when the original dam wall was built. And then since they've upgraded the dam wall, 100% is still recorded at the uh, original dam wall and 140 is at the dam level, I think it is now, at the right. after numerous upgrades. So it can sit at 140 without water going over the spillway and that's... Terrible. Yeah, which sounds very odd when you tell people that's you can't go past 100%. It. But it... <laughs> I always wondered. But it is. I'm pretty sure... That it's because of numerous upgrades in the dam wall, mm-hmm. the original recording of 100% at the original dam level, and the 140 is at the newest dam. They level. don't want to redo their algorithm yeah, to know sense. what it like drops at. It makes sense, yeah, yeah. So, so that's yeah. why. That's why. There we go. There's the answer. I always wondered why I checked Baron on. Go. How can it still be at 140? How can it be 40% of water pumping over the like? You know what I mean? Like I thought it'd be like <laughs> flood water, like yeah. 40% over the dam wall consistently. But no. So no, but yeah. it, it holds it comfortably. Mm. Yeah, yeah, holds it comfortably, and then and then you go into a little bay that you thought was your favourite bay six months before, and all of a sudden. You burn a tank of fuel trying to look around it mm-hmm. to find out if it was the same bay you're in. It's yeah, there's a lot of work. when it's full. Question for you. Obviously, when I was there, it was quite easy to find concentrations of fish at 140 or even 100. Is there concentrations and like complete dead zones? Or I know Barrandong has a massive amount of yellows, like so many yellows, heaps. But are they fairly yeah. evenly spread, or you can get scared or 
you know, get put off by the dam trying to find a tree that's got a fish or a bank yeah. that's got a fish and there's a lot of nothing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So I've even I've been out there a few times and you think, right, I know where I'm going. You go there to show someone and then all of a sudden you're fishing all that zone and there's, you can't even find a fish. And then you go out there to relax and have a poke around on yourself and all of a sudden you look at the side imager and there's dot, 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 and you think, shit, there they what are. What are they doing there? Yeah. yeah. They just, yeah, how did they get there? Why did they move? Because they were in that spot, you know, for the last few months and then yeah, and then all of a sudden they move. And you and it's right, you could go through a heap of dead water yep. and not the yellow belly just non-existent mm-hmm. where you know they've been there before and they love the spot and then all of a sudden you go up another kilometre and... Yeah, always keep an eye on your side image. Yep. Nice. I recommend. Awesome. And then best time because of year? they're always, they just appear. Yes. Uh, October. Right. October going in early November. Yep. Uh, they'll need jump in the boat. And that's the time where you get them nice, beautiful summer glassed out afternoons. And you go out there after work on daylight savings yep. and they got the sunset and it's, it's glowing orange, glassed out, and you can see bubbles of yellow belly coming up where they're pushing the big girls out of the top. And that's what you're casting at, flats. those big groups? Oh, it doesn't matter where you cast. Yeah, nice. You can cast, you can you can blindly cast over your shoulder and they'll, <laughs> they'll nearly jump on it at, at that time of fishing that's so when they're good. like that, of that late afternoon. That's good. Um, and it's, yeah, it's everywhere. Like it's, and it's, it's not concentrated at, in a little spot it'll be over a big low slow point like it it's over a monster area and you'll you'll shine your live scope or go with your side imager and you'll just send dotted mm-hmm. out all across it yeah right so you just got to spend a bit of time looking for them and then once you find them you stay on the big groups yeah and then yeah you you, you can have you could have 10 boats out on that point and then every single one will be catching fish and you'll be having fun 50 meters apart. yeah nice and that's yeah. october through to what Early November. Oh, early November, and then it starts getting a bit too hot. Yep. Um, then they'll push out to the deeper water. Yep. Out there, they'll go a lot deeper and back out onto the onto the bigger, deeper trees out in the middle. Um, you still find them on the rock walls and on the laydowns, but then you're, you're chasing your early mornings and your real late evenings because that water's just starting to get a bit too hot. But usually it's, a, it's an October thing, and, yeah, we – leave Dubbo after work and head out there just to see it. Yeah. Just to get a part of it. That's epic. I've had, I haven't seen it happen at Blaring. I had a mate of mine tell me about it. He said he couldn't work it because Blaring's real clear and he was fishing a spot where they usually are and they weren't there. Anyway, he went along a bank and out off the bank, it would have been 15, 20 metres deep, out in front, he's like, the water was black. He's like, he's like, I don't know. Initially, he's like, what is wrong with the water? Because there's this massive big cloud of like, just pitch black or look like black. It's like, what the hell is going yeah. on? Went over and he said he's never seen anything. I was like 300 yellows all just on the surface, like just under the surface, masses of them everywhere. Like the just would have been ma- fem- like males like cloud and the females. Yeah. Well, that it's, it's funny. The first time I sort of seen it, they were dotted out in their usual stuff where they're scattered out all along over the bottom. Yeah. And that was when I'd not long had the, the Ford sonar and I was getting around that I could, I was watching them all come together and all of a sudden they just start circling like that. And then, and you, then you just watch them break the top. It's like a, like a fireworks sprinkling off the top bottom and they, and then they just push each other up 
and then they all disperse and spread out again and then yeah something must happen that they think oh she's so she's all right and then they all just all push underneath her and and all circle her up it's uh it's something it's yeah and you've never seen yellow bee like it. Like they're thick. Yeah, yeah. Very I've thick. never seen it. And my mate was telling me this. And but these fish, blaring fish, when they spawn like that, you can't get them to eat anything. They literally will not bite. So it's it's interesting that. Oh, I've taken mates out there, and they just haven't caught very many yellow belly, and they don't believe me. And then they, I, you can, doesn't matter what you're tying them on. That's cool. You can throw an old bib lure out. You can throw tea. You can throw whatever's in your tackle box. At, you never thought you'd ever catch a yellow belly on and throw it out, and that's your new confidence. Are they the males that the eat it, or out. the females will eat as well? Mainly the males yeah. are just because they'll just they're just attacking yep. anything that sort of moves. I think yep. uh, you can fish them for a bit, and then all of a sudden you get onto you get onto one big female when they're like that. Yep. Uh, yeah, but predominantly they're they're young males, that's and so good. yeah, you can see them. They're all bashed up, and they're dead. They're, they're just attacking. Yeah. It? How good are yellows in spring? They're a young 18-year-old down the pub. Yeah, I'm super keen. <laughs> you got me keen. I've got to come to Barrenong this year. We're trying to plan all our trips. I know Dan's going to win me next week to do a trip report for the membership. I'm going down south, fish trout and the Crater yep. Lakes, but it sounds like Barrenong's on the cards for October maybe. I might have to sneak it in. Yeah, I've got to get out. My bucket fish is a rainbow, uh, brown trout. That's I Never, never caught a brown, brown trout. trout so. That's my. Oh, you'll have to come my, down. Just, of them here. They're just a beautiful looking thing. Heaps of them down here. Have to come yeah, have a look. I love them. Yeah. Love the look of them. We used to go to Wyangala back when I was in my late teens and teens. We used to go to Wyangala Dam, was a trout fishery. We used to go there chasing rainbow trout. But yep. now it's all about the cod. Yep. But yeah, but it's funny how things turn around like because. It used to be full trout there. Yeah, time. that's that's what you tell. That's you talk to anyone who fished it back in the day. It was a trout fishery, and I, th- I don't know if it's because mm. of stocking and then the cod overtook them, or if it's just because the, we're getting warmer and it went into. Drought. I imagine it was the drought that killed them. I all. think the drought water had yeah. Yeah, had a lot to do with it. Yeah, the water might have got too hot yeah. when that um, in the early two thousands drought. Yeah. I think, and then that's fills back up. I don't think they like the hot water. The cod survived. Put more cod in. I don't know. There's still heaps of rainbows in there. Um, I don't know how you go about chasing them, but they're in there. They still stock it with rainbows. Yeah. Um, Do they? Yeah. Yep. Uh, not something you want to go chasing. I've caught one. Brown trout's the one. Yeah. I went to Lake Lyle and they started, they started telling me about brown trout and tiger trout, and then that was it. Oh, that was the end of me. I spent three days trying to get all of these trout, and I couldn't get You got one. bass and ready, didn't myself, you? But we get... yeah. yeah. Got some bass and readies. And, or like the, you had you caught a ready cast. It, yeah. It was ridiculous at some times, but um, yeah. Then the tiger. Then they told me about tiger trout. And then I couldn't get them out of my head. But yes. Anyway, I'll get one one day. I'll see some photos nice big, of the tiger. One of them beautiful looking. Yeah. I'm gonna go. I think they got them of in them the beautiful big the lakes we're going to. So yeah, we've got cracking brown trout here. We're on the bottom of the snowy, so we got everything just up the hill. Mm. Um, I'll probably catch one for you on Wednesday, and I'll send you a photo. <laughs> I'll send you a photo of yellow. Yeah, sounds good. Although yellows are probably my preferred. Um, so Burundong, awesome fishery. Uh, is it? Do you love it? Like, would it be your pick? Like, you'd you prefer Burundong over Windy or Jack or for yellows? When it's on, when 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 it's in the spring bite, probably Burundong ends down. Yeah. But then I love going over to Windermere for the edge bite mm-hmm. and jerk baits. We haven't really got a jerk bait. Sort of bite. We've tried a few They're times just not at Barrow enough. It's, yeah, I, we yeah. Occasionally they are, but it's just I don't know. It just doesn't get that same reaction. Yeah, 
Where if you go over and throw a TN60 over at Windermere now, it's old school and never seen it. But when they're on at Burundong, you can still get throw a TN60 at the bank and they'll chase it all over. Yep. So I don't, I, I'm not quite sure. We've tried to do it a few times and I'll be trying again uh, um, this spring. But yeah, I just I love the jerkbait bite over at Windermere. It's, cool. it's cool. And it's something I'm... Trying to get still get the knack of it right. Yeah, well, go figure so, that Burundong fish are a little bit deeper, you know, where the Windermere fish are up on the edge. Hume, right, they're all in the trees. I'm sure there's a bunch on the edge as well, but the ones that most people catch are in the trees. And last year when I went there in October, and October was a little bit cooler than a normal October last year, so this year it'll probably be happening in the next probably two weeks, probably mid-September because it's heaps hotter. We were there, the water temps like 17, 18 degrees. They're all a metre to two metres down in the trees. They're like out in the middle and they're all in jerkbait territory in the tips and tops of the trees. They just behave so much different in every single lake. Like it's just out of clarity. Yeah. Like just out of where you could see. I'm like the yellows must be just below visibility, like right there. So you weren't vertical fishing, you were casting at them in the trees. It was good fun. Real good fun. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I love it. And just the, the hit, the initial strike on little jerkbait when you're just jiggling in front of their nose and, and then they come up and hit it. Especially, at the, I suppose, when them blackberries were flooded over there mm-hmm. wind them in. Yep. We were fishing just off to the side of them, putting a little sticky weight on them just to give it a very, very slow sink just to get out in front of them a bit quicker, like up behind them, mm-hmm. and then jerk it down in front of them. And once you got their attention... It's, they don't hit this. You don't have got to pause anymore. They don't like the pause. It's once you got their attention, you just got to keep giving them that little, little jiggle, shake. and then yeah. they'll, they'll just home. Yeah, yeah. I just home in on it and smack. Yes, it. it's a good buy. Yeah. yeah, I'd like to do. It's a very good take, but yeah, I think that's. I'll be chasing a bit of that around this year. Yeah, too. nice. That's that's me thing. That's the go. Um, Dan said he did a bit of a baron jack last year, and yeah, it's it seems it's quite addictive. I caught a couple at Hume on it. Um, really good fun. So. I'm keen to do more as well. Um, righto, so that being that for Baron, I've got a couple more questions on yellows. What's your go-to yellow technique? I know obviously the jerkbait's one you want to do more of and you quite enjoy, but what's your go-to? If I could give you a one setup, one lure, one leader size and one technique and go, here you go, do it. What's your go-to? Um, it'll be It'll be a blade... With just ten pound leader on a seven foot rod, fishing like eight to eight to twelve pound. What style of bank or structure and time of year? Uh, probably on a rock wall with yeah. dead timber on it. I'd yep. like lay down timber. Like you're saying I just like bouncing. Yeah, I I just like flicking it out lightly and then just slowly bouncing it down the down the slope or down along the side of a lay down log. Uh, but that'd be. That'd be my favourite go-to. I'd and that's reckon. a blade. Was fish, is fishing a like blade. a blade with assist hooks. Yeah. So even I just I can use say a little TT fish blade, but still take all the hooks off and put assists on the back. Yep. Or or your ZX or your proficient. Uh, what are they called? Vixens. Yeah. Um, yeah. Most yeah. Well, most of them I I. Yeah, I like to use. It's just a preferred and easy technique. And, and how do you fish down the timber? Are you actually. And I just love feeling that little tick when you don't know. Are you fishing it down the timber like you're hitting the timber, or are you sort of guessing, getting close, and then hopping it free away from the timber? Uh, it's more. Yeah, it's more getting close, um, looking straight at. Like say you're looking straight along your log, yep. 
and then casting up to the root ball and then bouncing, trying to bounce it down along the side. Because usually yellow bell will be all sitting just underneath it and then and out in the brush out the front. Yep. And you just got to get it just off to the side and just give it a hop. And yeah, they usually respond very well. Yep. Though, I reckon. So you're not. Um, and even out on the flats in the spring bite. Yeah, you're not actually hitting the bottom per se. Like you're kind of fishing it down without trying to touch the structure too much. Because I imagine that would become very not the, snaggy if you did it every single <laughs> flick. Yeah, if you're not getting snagged, you're not getting close enough. I was almost <laughs> out, taught. It's Get a, out. That's a tech. But it's. <laughs> but yeah, I, sometimes you do. Depends on their reaction. Yep. If you feel like they're biting pretty well straight away, then you don't. You can just give a little shake. Like get down close, feel that bottom first. And then just give it a little shake and keep it at that just above. Yep. Sometimes your blade bite is you've got to give it a long spell. Yep. You've got to give it give it a couple of vibes and you give it a long spell. You maybe count to four or five or six mm-hmm. or whatever your number may be and give them a chance to come over and have a look at it. Mm-hmm. And then it's usually just on that next hop, you'll get your two little your two little taps in the line, and that's when you you lift and receive, I reckon. And that's that's the good bit. That unexpected two little ticks in your yes. line. I'd, that's that's the, the pluck, as we like to call it when they yeah. bang. <laughs> it's so much fun. Um, yeah. We're pretty spoiled for the amount of different styles of fishing we can do, and like you know, we go through the winter cod thing. You know, three months of that, and it's like right. And now we're in spring, so you get like an early spring technique, and then a middle spring technique, and then an end for yellows, and then you can also chase trout. Then we've got our summer cod, summer yellows. Then we go through autumn. It's like we've got a good mix of dams, rivers. It's like it's a great part of the world from northern New South yeah, Wales and, yeah, and, the, and further south. And the different techniques you can use. Like you don't have to stick to the one thing. It's like I, I get sick of sticking to the one thing. I'll go try anything. I'll watch Barramaster, uh, Bassmaster on TV and find out something they're doing and then go out and try it. And, you know, I just like mixing it up and having to play with it. But, I mean, you always come back to your basics, but you, you don't have to do that every trip. You can yellow belly will bite on numerous techniques. You just got to play it right and find out what they want. Yeah. I always try and use a little bit of scent mm-hmm. on my blades and on my soft vibes. I always take the trebles off, get rid of all the trebles altogether and just put single uh, double set of assist hooks on one of the – Yep. Rather the ta- right at the tail and – yeah, so then you're, you're very rarely getting snagged or fouled up. And they hook and up you just well. play with them. Yeah, yeah. They do hook up very well and don't come off. Yeah. And and then, and you're not, yeah, you're not playing with them. It's like, and you can feel after the first few whether they want it a bit slower or they want it a bit quicker or they'll let you know. But there's, they'll bite on numerous different techniques. Yeah. That's what's fun about them, I think. I, um, I love fishing soft fives. I did it heaps last season and it was really good fun. Like we had to use the grubs. Because the at Windermere we got a few. I don't know if we actually got any on jerk baits. When we went there. We got we tried it. It just wasn't working for us. But we got heaps on grubs. But there had to be a super light jig out, and you couldn't fish a soft vibe through that cover because it was too grassy. But on the steeper stuff, we got on the soft vibe, and the bite on a soft vibe is so much fun. I was literally loving it because you just. Because they give you so much feedback on a shake, like they don't come at you because they're so resist, like they're so heavy, they've got a bit of weight and a bit of resistance. When you shake them, they kind of yeah. hold, they hold back, so your shake's really aggressive. And the hit, they just go crack. It's like I don't know if it's because it's a little bit bigger or there's more <laughs> resistance, but 
Yeah, we used it in Canberra in the uh, lakes when I went and mapped with Graz in Tuggeranong and Ginandera. And just, it's such a fun way to fish and they just hit it so hard. I ended up getting a couple of big cod on the spin gear too. Um, just fishing yellow schools. It's great fun. I think soft yeah. lives are something everyone I've tried out. it. I've tried it out in the Western Rivers, like out the Boga and that. Uh, and I haven't quite, yeah, they, they, they just don't seem to really go for that shaking of the vibe on the bottom. They'll hit a blade. In no a river? Or like you, you talking about Burnham? Vertically. No, in the rivers out west. Yep. Like I, I, I get and camp on the Bogan out there and I, everything I try on the dam, I try and yep. take it out the western creeks or rivers and just have a go at And I haven't really found them responsive to the, to the old shaking the vibe on the bottom. Yeah. Hit a blade no, every day of the week. You can vertically bob a blade yep. up and down in an old tree or a bush yep. and they'll smack it straight away. But. Yeah, the old, the old shake and bake or shaking the vibe on the bottom of the rivers hadn't yeah, been right. a real good Maybe it's just, a, it's just the way they feed. So like in the river, maybe maybe the way they feed, you know, whatever they're feeding on is completely different. I don't know. I just The lakes, I don't know why it gets them going when you shake. It's, it doesn't matter if it's a grub or a, or a vibe they, or even a blade. Blade's a bit harder to shake, but they just they smack it so hard. I don't know if it's because it's really imitating a yabby or what it is, but maybe in the rivers they just behave different. It's the same as cod from dam to dam. They all behave different. Like they all hmm. feed different. It's just, yeah, it's interesting how they all do different things. So same with the yellows. I'll tell you a funny story. When I was, when I was a kid, still at school, we used to fish the Bogan River. Like if it was, at the golden rule was you put your hand in the water and if you put your hand in the water up to your elbow and count your five fingers, <laughs> it was clear enough to, to go use. That was clear enough to go use lures. Wow! And we used to use a num. We used to use a number three or number four celter. Yeah, celters. Yeah, like yeah, that used for trout. Yep. And if you didn't use a golden black, a uh, red and black on a gold or silver blade with red and black on it, you didn't catch a fish. Did you try you any fish others? Ten lures in a bag. Yeah, we tried everything. We tried purples and greens and oranges and and then people were buying all sorts of little lures. And if you didn't have a number four or number three celder that was the red and black, yep. you didn't catch fish. No way. And we could I could be trolling in amongst a dozen boats and they'd all come out, oh yeah, you keep getting them. And you'd just say you got that's it, you gotta have that little celter, <laughs> a little inline spinning celter. That's and they used to go nuts on it. Now people wouldn't do people don't believe me when I say that was the best yeah. yellow lure in its day, but out the bogan, that was it. I know heaps of people have caught them in lakes. Little number four celter. Yeah, on spinners, yep. In lakes, the yellows. It works. They're just hard to get down, I guess, to a point. But, yeah, yellows love them. I know. Yeah, well, I know. bogan's only two metres. Yeah. yeah, I know that, a creek back near Wagga where I was first learning how to fish and a bloke told me about this big yellow he caught and it was, yeah, same thing on a spinner. Good old spinner. Yeah, well, old Stubbs used to make his own out of teaspoons and... And then he went up to dessert spoons, the silver dessert spoon, yeah. drill a hole in the end of it and thread his line through it and then just put nail, red nail polish on it. And he used to use them and he'd pull up in front of the old house out there, which was the sort of main little trolling run. We were, that was, we were still using oars back then and just the pulse of the oars would would change the lure and they'd smack it. Mate. They'd go off their head. No, it was good. We got it too good these days. Although you could say you had it good back then, not knowing any different, but oars for power and there's a, there's a world's away, isn't there? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so going on your favourite technique, your favourite lure for yellows, is it, is it a blade? Does that, that obviously is the lure, you probably answered them together. 
I'd yeah, I'd say I knew you were going to ask me that question, and and I'm a I'm a tackle junkie. Yeah, I've got yeah, lures really. everywhere. Can't have favourite. I love you using them Yeah, nah, you can't. That's right. If you said a favourite and the wife overheard it, then she wouldn't let me buy. Yeah, you only so. yeah you only allowed to have that one blade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. No. But I love using a blade. I love using soft vibes. Um, and if you haven't got a tub of grubs in the boat, you're not, yeah, you're you're not fishing a dam. So, but it's the vibes and the blades predominantly. Have you, yeah. So favorite color palette in your, ta- is there, is there a color palette in your tackle box? Yeah. Uh, varieties of black and red, mm-hmm. uh, black, the, I like the, excuse me, the vibalicious, is it vibalicious? Uh, Samaki, they've got a Windermere special, little little black and orange fella. Yep, I know the one. In 85 mil. Yep. Uh, I like that, that little black and orange one. Um, or both the black fish traps. Yep. The black and uh, yellow and the Anita, new Anita. Sounds like black with, with a, bit a little, of, bit of highlights, the, the pattern here. Black with a bit of highlight is yellow belly Evan, I think. Yep. That's that's what they seem to go for. Yeah. Um, we mix, then, mix my shirt with a bit, of, a little bit of your shirt, and we're good to go. Oh, we're all over. It. <laughs> Jump up. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the way that if any of that sort of stuff, I'd go for them colours. Like if someone said you're going to take a lure and catch a yellow belly today, that it'd be that very dark colour. Yep, nice. Uh, yeah, and then the TNs, I like the black with the purple. I know it's got that purple tinge yes, underneath. Yes, I think I got the same one. Use we use that quite a bit. Uh, and then if we go to jerk baits, it's usually the the gold or the the brown dog sort of colour we use more. Mm-hmm. But all the little gudgeon in Windermere are a little they're a little black, dark looking fish. We we've caught a lot of them last year, yep. just on trebles and on single hooks, yep. and they're little they're very dark looking little little gudgeon, little black fella. So it's that gold with a black back or yep. Yeah, we try and replicate that. And that's why the jerk baits work so well there because that's the fish that are getting around and the water's quite clear. So they're more likely to attack a, a presentation that matches something that gets around. Like Adam kills it in Chaffee up north on jerk baits because there's heaps of little fish that get around and the water's got a bit of clarity to mm. it. So blaring, water's super clear, but there's no real little fish getting around. So they'll eat them, but it's not like... No. It's like you could go do it. You'll catch them. We've caught them, but it's not like you'll catch them and then catch them again and catch them again and again. It's not like a consistent thing, um, which would be why it's not a consistent thing at uh, Burrandong as much. Maybe it's the clarity. What's the clarity like at the minute? Still pretty normally uh, dirty. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit dirty. Just compared to anything else, yeah. it's dirty. Yep. We think it's clear. Yeah, yeah. We think we're spoiled. It's a bit clear enough, but it's, yeah, it's the general. General consensus is it's a dirty. It's dam. not salty clear. You can't stick it down to your elbow and see your fingers. Nah. <laughs> oh, you might be able to. I'll, I'll get and try that next time. I forgot about that. I'll, I'll just try that and see if that's the game. Yeah. You've got to count your five fingers from your elbow. Otherwise, down. it's bait. Is it? Is that what the old rule was in the river? It, it's it's spin a yeah trip. in the bogan. Yeah, we used we used to use use our bait all day every day, and then you'd keep going down, and you'd check your elbow depth as a kid, and if you count your five fingers, then that's it. We're adding canoes on tractor tubes, a 44-gallon drum, it didn't matter, and you're that's trying funny. to tell a flick of Zelda around. That's cool. Um, you went to AFTA this year, yeah? Did. 
And how good is that? Is it? Run us through after. Oh, tell us, was, tell us the story. I was a kid in a candy shop. Yeah. So we got invited up there with uh, Outback Angler, our local tackle shop. Yep. Uh, for the trade days, and yeah, met a lot of people that I'd only ever read about in magazines or or seen on YouTube's and talked to them and had beers and talked fishing tackle. It was it was unreal. I was yeah, there was flashy stuff everywhere. It was good. All the new lures. There's a lot of there's a lot of uh, push towards lures that can handle numerous different situations that you can modify like whether they've got bibs changing or they've got little weights to go in them or they've got slides up in the joints of their tails to make it turn from a glide bait to swim bait um yep yeah there's a, there was a lot of a lot of push towards buying a single lure that could you could fish three different ways or for two different ways whether it be bib changing clicking bibs around or you could modify the lure to to fish yeah so that was cool to work out all them get chain them and um go through all the bone stuff it, 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 and he was there showing us all and he what's yeah, some of the stuff he comes up with is unreal and it's it's good to look at we went through oh we went through nearly all the main major distributors and and just seeing what was coming on seeing what would what would target our native fish out here mm-hmm. and then the rest was just sport it was just like candy it was did you go through yeah, every single one? Touching, I was touching everything. <laughs> yeah, I was in there for two days. Yeah, <laughs> I had rods and I was yeah, I was rods and reels and spinning stuff around and um, yeah, I love spinning all that sort stuff of stuff. Around and touching, and they wouldn't let me. T- they wouldn't let me take any of it home. Yeah, I was gonna say. Uh, but, yeah, but then then there was three thousand people or something booked in for the public day. So we sort of had a day off and we went we actually went fishing, chasing oh, cool. Tarwine and that down underneath the Gold Coast Bridge. Um Yeah, cool. They had a ball down there. So just why the main crowd was in. But during the two days there it was it was eye opening, just some of the, the stuff that's coming to the market. And some of it won't be released for twelve months. Yep. Like they had a lot of the stuff there was three D printed. Oh. So you only you're seeing what, what it looked like in the colour range, oh. but the actual product is not right what, yeah it's not there not here yet so that's they they yeah, they just promote different gear and learning all that stuff and what they do and what they show around and what's coming and and some of the rod ranges that are coming uh, yeah phenomenal that's cool just to look at there's yeah <laughs> there's always new stuff there's so much new gear yeah did um so when you guys went there with you went with Aaron does he just go look and go, yeah. right, I kind of want to, I know what I'm going to be getting from all the suppliers in my next order kind of thing? Or? Yeah, so on the first few days, it's mainly tackle shops from all over Australia, whether it be coastal fellas or freshwater fellas, and and they can then see what's coming onto the market, um, what they can prepare for, and then what they can talk to their local rep. Next time their local rep turns out, they say, remember that thing we spoke to it after and that whatever that may be. Yeah. Then they can put in their orders. So when the when the importers or distributors are bringing it into the country, they've already got orders to go out to wherever it's going to suit best. Yeah. Like there was a little Shimano, a Shimano bibless crankbait that floats. So and had a flash inside That's it. That's right. Yeah. Um, so you can you yeah you can flow it out and you can it swims just like a, a normal lipless crankbait yep. vibes 
Um, you, but you can get out on your bead uh, over your weed beds, pull it up, and it'll float to the top, and then and and, and it dives along instead of sinking. Where uh, every lipless crankbait I think I know of. So sinks. it dives to what, like a meter and a bit. Two meter, two meters, I think it was. And had a little little internal flash. So when you do let it float up, it vibes and the little flash goes off as it's, as it's coming back up too. And then you can also sink it doesn't it again. Just so if sink, you've got an edge bite, doesn't sink like that. It doesn't rise like that. It moves as it rises. No, nah, yeah, it moves on the up, and there's this little internal, a uh, little silver streak in it that that constantly moves as it as as the lure's moving. So it's always a little bit of a flash about. So if you use it even on a on an edge bite, you can throw it right up there on the edge bite. You're gonna dive it down to half a foot and then let it sink back up and then you can work the whole water column yeah. right back out to your two metres. Yeah, cool. So that was that was something that they had chasing that market, which I think a lot of the freshwater boys were sort of looking at as, as maybe a, a yellow belly freshwater bass option. Yeah, it's like a hard body, but um, it probably looks more like a fish than a hard body. Like it actually probably looks more like a bait fish. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so a little lipless crank like you... Your TNs and all that yeah. sort of variety. Yeah, but, cool. Yeah, it floated and had this little flash. So that was something we picked up and looked at. And then there was, oh, swim boats. There was it was swim bait heaven. There was swim baits everywhere. But I think yeah, uh, I think a lot of swim baits are on their way out. They're yeah. they're a, they're a hang on the wall type item now for to make a good looking man cave because mm. yeah, a lot of the big swim baits are gone the last few years and we're moving back into plastics yeah well i never and went away plastics. from plastics i've only caught one two three big cod on swim baits and there'd be 20 something on plastics i just i just they just <laughs> so good and just the amount of reactions you see now these days from the swim bait and the noise they create there'll always be a need for them but i think yeah, the, the swim bait markets. Well, there's a lot there. But then swim baits, the swim baits for the for the flathead fellas is going different. up the street. Yeah, like completely they're, different. They're just beginning. Yep. They're just beginning on their swim bait journey. Yep. And flathead, that's it. Flathead, there's that many flathead. flathead, flathead, flathead they'll on. never be too picky. Flatties. So the swim baits nah. are around forever. <laughs> for the flatties. Yeah, exactly. Um, cool. That's awesome. I've got a couple more questions for you before we finish up. We've had. Those don't know because stitching it together and letting everyone listen, they would never know we had a couple of technical issues, more than one, the whole <laughs> way through. The world did not want us to get through this uh, with me having batteries die and us having connection issues. Anyway, we got there, mate, so I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Um, loved it. Any memorable catch? You probably heard me ask this to every guest I get on. Is there a memorable catch for you in your have many years of fishing that really, really sticks out? A memorable moment, maybe? What maybe you didn't catch it? Is there anything that goes, oh, you remember that? Like, I know we all have epic moments. There's so many. Um, like, I couldn't even think of my top five for this year when I did that post the other day. I said, Karen goes, can you do your top five moments? I think I gave it eight. <laughs> um, but what, does anything come yeah. to mind? Hard, hard question. I... Part of the adventure of growing up and traveling around the bush as a kid, I've seen all sorts of things. But if I can, it it it's not freshwater fishing related. Yeah, but whatever. It's fishing you want. related. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. So when we first went out to Hamilton Island, uh, got talking to all the fishing boys and got in, and they said, "You got to come with us to a place called Hook Reef, which is you sort of you leave Hamo and you go out past Whitehaven and out past Edwards." On a bit of an angle north, I suppose, out past Hayman Island, like 
above it and there's a reef called Hook Reef out there and it takes you in we're only in little little um cuddy cab type fiberglass boats. Yep. And this is coming from a bloke that just been off the farm out Hermadale and grew up in Ningen, watching Malcolm Douglas and Albie Mangles and all them old yeah. school adventure fellas. And we're off out the reef. And I'd never seen the reef, didn't know what to think about when I got to it. And I remember seeing the different coloured water as we got out there because we're going across the water. And then I just seen acres and acres of Mac tuna destroying the surface for as far as you could see either direction. And and I that's it. I'd made I'd made I'd made it to heaven. I thought <laughs> it was just <laughs> that's cool. And it, it it was white water on the reef as far as and there was Mac tuna. Well, there would have been ton, there would have been Mac on everything, but they're mainly Mac tuna. And I'm not. It wasn't just a couple of football ovals fulls of them. It was as far as you could see. They were just destroying. And the, and uh, the fellow that was with me said, "Go on, get up the front. Go on. I know you want it." So I got up the front with a little slug and pelt them, and yeah, they were just smashing. And that, some of them were like eight or nine kilo mac tuna that yeah, we end up keeping for bait at the reef for the rest of the night but well, i just remember as the sun was going down and we're parked in behind the reef yeah and just seeing that that was that's cool that was that'll stick me with me forever that's cool it was yeah it's something that you i would have never have dreamt of seeing in my life mm. and i did that's awesome so no, nice. I, i've always remembered that moment i like that that's a good one that's always it's always good to have moments it's not really just about you know the moment that for you there was not really just a catching of a fish or achieving a goal it was literally just probably some moment you saw and you're like wow like a, it's like a wonder of our life and being alive and seeing something so unique and like you said yeah. it's just stuck with you that's cool i really like it moments that just pop out of nowhere that you appreciate awesome yeah um, yeah it was I, I can remember i can still visualize it and remember yeah. Yeah, it must have been the look on my face. That was, it was good. I thought this is it. This is my adventure channel right here. This is, that's looking at it. Yeah, nice. And then the reef sticking up out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, any have you got any last piece of advice for anyone listening? Whether it's fishing, someone's getting into fishing, or does a heap, or or life advice, anything. I like to ask this last question. If you have one final piece of advice or thing you'd like to say. Oh, I have a few. Oh, I used to have a few. Now, I forget, put me on the spot. I forgot. You had a few. Uh, but yeah, mainly just get out. I've got I've got a lot of little life things I tell the boys at work, like to get out there and and uh, don't sit at home and regrets. What is it? Regrets harder to get over than failure or something like that. What was that one? Called? Uh, yeah, you didn't. Yeah, quite, I, you didn't I quite used get to get it right, but I, yeah, I know the one you're talking about. Didn't, didn't I? Oh, it's close. It's one close. of them. Everyone's heard it. I'd just say, I'd just say, yeah, yeah, just to get out there. If you're thinking of doing it, just pack up and go. You never, you never regret just, failing, but you regret not having a go or something like that. You never regret yeah. something you had a go at, even if you failed. I have got it. I have got it somewhere, but I just can't remember how to go. But anyway, yeah. If someone was to ask, and they've got a dream, or they want to go fishing, or they want to go chase this, or go camping this weekend, or whatever, I'd just say. Get up and go, mm. because it's never, you, you're going to recover. Monday you're going to recover. Like it's not going to kill you. <laughs> nice. Awesome. It's just it's just get out there and have a go. I I go by myself, and I, and people 
I had people ask me on the weekend, why do you go by yourself? Don't you get bored? And I, no, not at all. I love going by myself. I love going with the crowd. Don't get me wrong. I, but, but I love going out there and lighting a fire and, and or being out on the boat by myself. And, and then I can do all them silly little things and look over my shoulder and no one's watching. <laughs> and I play around with things and I have a ball. Awesome. Love it. Uh, thanks for the chat, Matt. I really appreciate it. Um, Sorry, no dramas sorry at all. later than we expected, but we got there. So I really, really right appreciate on, it. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Thank you very much. What's and there you have it. Another chat, another podcast. And we're getting closer to that 100 mark. Obviously, I don't pump them out super, super regularly. Every fortnight is our goal. Obviously, you'll notice there's some uh, blank spots between many of our podcasts, but we're out there creating a stack of different content, uh, YouTube, videos, socials, uh, mainly our membership content, and as much as we can, the podcast, but I try my best to get out a fortnightly interview. If you know of anyone in particular who you want me to interview, please send me a message on social media. If, if you don't have us on social media, um, on Instagram, Social Fishing, jump on Facebook uh, or just jump on our website, socialfishing.com.au and send me an email. Super keen to hear who you want me to interview because there's a stack of amazing people out there and probably half that I don't even know about. And I would love to interview some of the best minds in the world of freshwater fishing. I really enjoy every chat. I learn stacks from all of them and I want to keep pumping them out just for you guys. So that is it. If you did enjoy that, please head over to Apple Podcasts, leave a rating and a review and we will be back in a fortnight with another episode soon. Anyway, that is it from me. Thank you very much again to Matt Martin for jumping on board and giving us his time. Enjoy the springtime, enjoy the yellow bite, and we'll be back soon with another episode. My name is Rhys Creed, and you've been listening to The Social Fishing Podcast.